You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Amen. Well, family, please open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to move fast. I want to just talk to you, um, lay a quick foundation. And then I'm going to give you a list of things that I believe are hindrances to the anointing on your life. And then I want to take a few moments and just speak to you metaphorically and prophetically with regards to to God's plan and purpose for your life. So please pray for me that that time will be on our side. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you found Matthew chapter 16? Verse 13 says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, He asked His disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And He said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? Whom do you say that I am? I wanna, I wanna point something out before I continue the, the, the verses. But when you do a cultural and historic study on the background of Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus took His disciples, understand this, that the region where they found themselves in was very, very, um, there was a lot of idol worship, a lot of um, sacrificial worship taking place. They were, it was, the, the area over there was under the influence of Hellenistic culture, um, characterized by Greek, by the Greek language, philosophy, and um, the influence was also compounded by Roman rule. So they, they, they worshiped a lot of the Roman gods um, in that specific region. Um, one of the specific um, things that happened there was what is known as Syncretism is where they would take various religions and mix it together and they would then worship in that specific way. It's it's interesting that Jesus takes His disciples to this specific region and asks His disciples, whom do men say that I am? Peter then says, amongst all these gods that are worshipped in this region, Peter says to Jesus, Answered, it said in verse 16, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So in other words, did all these other gods know that the son of the living God has set foot in this specific region? You are, the, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you Simon, but Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say unto you also that you are Peter and upon this rock, in other words, upon this revelation that I am the Christ, he's saying, I will build my church. Say, Jesus will build his church. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be, um, shall be bound and whatsoever you shall loose in heaven um, shall be loose. Family, it's important to understand that Jesus says, or Peter says, you are the Christ. We understand that as we have been taught now, that Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Jesus is anointed for a specific purpose. Understand this, that the anointing comes upon a person to fulfill a specific purpose. Jesus, when it has been declared that He is the Christ, the anointed one and His anointing, He is saying, my purpose is to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In the midst of all the idol worship, in the midst of all these false gods, 
There's a declaration made in the realm of the Spirit that I am the Son of the living God. And what's, what's also interesting about this specific landscape is that if you do the study on it, that what happened in this specific region was what was known as pan worship. Everybody say pan worship. Pan worship took place where they would worship the god Pan, which is a deity associated with nature, shepherds and rustic music. This is also where we get Peter Pan from, but I'm not gonna go there because I don't wanna mess you up, amen. But this was a, a, a deity that they worshiped in the specific region known as the God of Pan. And what is believed in this specific region was what was known as the Grotto of Pan. The Grotto of Pan means the Cave of Pan which they believed in that specific region was the gates to the underworld. So now the next time you read it and when you hear Jesus say, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. He was standing right there in the region where they said is the gate of hell. And he's saying, I'm gonna build my church and the gates shall not prevail against it. Come on, say amen, someone. Jesus is building His church. And I mentioned this last week if you weren't here, but understand this gates is not an offensive mechanism. Gates is defensive. Amen. The church should not be in an offensive position. It is our responsibility as the church to not defend ourselves against the culture and false gods that they are worshiping today. It is our responsibility as the church to preach the gospel and to advance and the gates is defending against the church. But Jesus is saying, defend all you want. The gates of hell shall not prevail. I will build my church. And then he goes on to say, and I will give unto you the keys. Keys represent authority. How many of you know when Jesus died and He went into the bowels of hell, He took back the authority that Satan stole in the Garden of Eden and He gave it back to the church. So family, understand this, very important. We have been anointed for a specific purpose. The church has been anointed to expand. We have been called as the church of Jesus Christ to build alongside Him and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Now understand this, each and every one of us have been given an anointing. Understand this, the anointing upon your life has been given for you to fulfill your specific purpose and destiny in the kingdom of God. And your specific purpose and destiny that has to be fulfilled ties into the building of the church of Jesus Christ and the expansion of the kingdom. That is why He anoints you. And understand this, that everything that you and I do in the kingdom of God must be done by depending on the anointing of God. Family, understand this. Nothing, if, if, you, if you endeavor to build the kingdom of God, in your own strength, you will be unsuccessful. You, you need the anointing. That's why um, the Bible says, Jesus said in, in Acts chapter one, verse eight, this is not in note, but he said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. You shall receive the anointing, amen. When the Holy Spirit comes, the person of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he brings you power to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. You cannot fulfill 
your purpose and your destiny in your own strength. We must be dependent on the anointing. Can we say amen? amen. So I'm going to quickly give you eight. Eight reasons why the enemy wants to, what he will use to hinder the anointing and the flow of God's anointing on your life. Now understand this, this is twofold. Firstly, he hinders the anointing from flowing into you to bring healing, to bring deliverance. And also he, brings, he hinders the anointing from flowing through you to do effective ministry. Amen. So, so when I give you these points, have that, uh, have that narrative in mind. So first thing that, ha- first thing that hinders the, the anointing upon your life, the very power and ability that God places upon your life to fulfill your destiny and purpose is doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief will hinder the flow of God's anointing into your life and through your life. Now understand this, doubt and unbelief is not the same thing. To doubt means to question. In other words, you believe it can happen. You believe that God can heal. But the question is, will He heal me? So to doubt means to question. It's not that, that, that you don't believe God can't do it. But it comes to a point in your life where you begin to question the Word of God. You begin to question, will He do it for me? Amen? And and the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 6, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. We must ask in faith. We must believe that when the Word of God says something, that it is so. Unbelief means to reject truth. If you just, you just made a choice that I don't believe this. I refuse to believe in prosperity. Some people have made that decision. In the, in the church, not in this church, obviously, but in the church world, well, some people have made a choice. I choose not to believe in prosperity, even though the Bible is full of it. I choose not to believe in healing, even though the Bible is full of it. It will hinder the flow of God's anointing in your life. Mark 9, 23 says, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. Family, sometimes all we need for the anointing of God to flow in and through our lives is to believe. I remember in Mark chapter 5, I'm not going to go there, but in Mark chapter 5, a man by the name of Jairus comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my daughter is grievously vexed. She's sick. She's at home. Can you come and pray? And as Jesus is on the way, we find the woman with the issue of blood comes and she gets healed. And then all of a sudden, um, servants from Jairus' house comes to him and say, Master, Master, it's too late. Your daughter is dead. You know what Jesus did? Jesus looks at Jairus and, looks and says to him, fear not, only believe. Look at your neighbor and tell them, only believe. Amen. Make a decision that you will believe. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. Make a decision that you will believe. Amen. Point number two, sin and disobedience. Sin and disobedience will hinder the flow of the anointing in and through your life. So understand this, family. There's a difference in struggling with sin and issues in your life. I believe that if you know that you are struggling with a carnal sin, it will affect the flow of the anointing in your life, but God will still work through you. But there's an issue when 
you are willing and you see the Bible calls something sin, but you've made up in your mind that it is not a sin. And you try to convince the Scriptures that whatever you are doing is not a sin. So the Bible says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And all of a sudden you start working things out in your, in your mind why it could be okay for you to do what you are doing. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Don't put up your hand. So there's a difference in struggling with something and then when you call sin out, the Bible calls it out, but you still believe it's not a sin. Those things will hinder the flow of God's anointing in your life. I have yet, oh, let me not go there, please. I don't have a lot of time tonight, so I'm not gonna go there. The Bible says, Isaiah 59 verse two, but your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. Family, understand this. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful, He is just to forgive us and He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know what you're struggling with tonight, but I wanna let you know that there is an anointing that can set you free from anything that is holding you back from flowing in the, in the anointing that God has placed upon your life. Say amen. amen. Number three, a lack and hunger, a lack of hunger and desire. In other words, family, understand that for the anointing of God to flow through your life, for the anointing of God to work in your life, you must have a hunger for the power and for the presence of God in your life. Do you yearn after the Word of God? Do you yearn and hunger after the presence of God? The more you hunger and the more you yearn, the more the anointing will increase upon your life. But when you begin to, get, when you begin to draw away from the Word, and you don't get into the presence of God as often as you used to, it will, it will hinder the flow of God's power and God's anointing in your life. Psalm 42 verse one says, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. Family, we must yearn after the things of God. We must yearn after wanting to know more of His Word. We must yearn after the presence of God. When we do, we will see the anointing of God flow strongly through our lives. Number four, fear and timidity. Fear and timidity. We must be bold and courageous in our faith. In other words, some of us are afraid to do what God has called us to do because of a spirit of fear. You're timid. You don't believe God can use you in that specific area. Why would God use me? Because He called you. And remember this, if God has called you to do something, He will anoint you to do it. Amen. God's calling will always be backed up with His anointing on your life. If you've heard the Lord call you to do something, His anointing will be there to, to back it up. Amen. If He's called you to a healing ministry, start praying for the sick. Pray for the sick. Yeah, but pastor, you, you don't, it's okay to pray for headaches because nobody can see whether the headache is really healed or not. So we, we easily pray for headaches and for things you can't necessarily see, but as soon as the wheelchair comes up. Look here, I've been there. I've had those healing lines where we call for it and the wheelchair comes up and then we just do ministry on this side. While we're doing ministry over here, we're praying in tongues. Get the, hello, listen, you have to be bold and courageous. 
Amen. If the wheelchair comes up, go to it first and pray. Hello? You're not doing the work. It's the anointing of God through you. Amen. Here's the thing that we have to understand. Our job is to pray and release the anointing. It's the Holy Spirit's job to get the person out of the wheelchair. Listen to what He tells you to do and do it. Just be obedient to what He says, amen. But we must not allow a spirit of fear and timidity to stop us from flowing and functioning in the anointing that God has placed on our lives. I don't know what anointing He placed on your life. Some of you, God has called you to be in the worship team. You sing beautifully in the shower and in your heart. Everybody knows it. But you, are, but you are afraid of the opinions of people. Therefore, you won't put your foot on the platform when, people, when, you, when, when you're asked to join the worship team. You have to flow in the anointing that God has placed on your life. Say amen. amen. Number five, I'm moving fast. Intellectualism and human wisdom can hinder the anointing. Intellectualism and human wisdom. We have to be and I want to say this really carefully because I am, I am a student. I love studying the Word of God. But we must not put our dependence on our degrees. Please, I'm saying this with all diligence and respect. I spent 12 years in the Bible college teaching, training, still do. Listen to me. I love the study of the Word. When we give you a certificate in anything, it is to say that you have submitted yourself and you've been disciplined to the specific area of study. Amen? But understand this, when we begin to flow in the anointing, we have to understand in any area, any degree that you have, let's say for instance, you have a medical degree. Let me use that. If God says, he can heal a specific disease and your medical education says it is impossible. What do you choose? This is what we're talking about. If you choose your medical education above what the Word of God says, it will hinder the flow of the anointing. Are you with me? So we still study to show ourselves approved, but we depend on the Lord to do the work that He has called us to do. Amen. The Bible says, in um, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Amen. Make sure that you listen to what He says first. Number six, religious traditions and rituals. The anointing cannot flow where religious traditions are upheld above the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's getting quiet now. What religious traditions have some churches brought into their churches that has stopped the flow of the anointing in the services? We have to make a decision that we are going to allow the anointing to flow, we have to make a decision that we are going to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, amen. Mark 7 verse 8 says, For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. All too well, you reject the commandment of God that you keep to your tradition. Family, that's why I love the Bay Christian Family Church. Because we preach the uncompromised Word of God. Amen. We do what the Word says. 
Not what, not what the board decided must happen in the church services. What does the Word say? And if the Word said it, that is how we are going to apply it to our lives. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. Okay, point number seven, a lack of compassion and love. A lack of compassion and love. We must operate in the anointing with a heart of compassion and a love for people. Understand this, the reason I flow in the anointing, the reason I'm stepping out into my purpose is because I have love for people. Because I have compassion for people. I don't do it for anything else, but because I have a love for God's people. Apostle Allen comes up here every week after week after week. And I, I, I firmly believe that if Apostle Allen was in the business world, he would be very, very, very successful. Very successful. It's, it's easy to see the, the business mind that, that Apostle Allen had. If he was in business, well, he would be very, very super successful. To see the level of success that he has in ministry shows that. But he has made a decision that God has called him to teach the Word, equip the saints for the work of the ministry because there is a love and compassion for God's people. Amen? The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Let everything that we do, family, be motivated by love. Number eight, self-centeredness can hinder the flow of the anointing in your life. I know it's a bit heavy for a Sunday night, but <laughs> self-centeredness. Philippians 2, 3 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Family, understand this, that in your life as a Christian, that the main character in the movie of your life is not you. You're supporting cost. You're the sidekick. Jesus is the main character. And the moment you realize that Jesus is at the center of it all, things will go a whole lot better for you. Amen. Understand that you are not the main guy. Jesus is Batman and you are Robin, unfortunately. <laughs> we get, he said he will build his church. We get to do it with him. Amen. And what an honor it is to do it with him. So understand this, whenever we flow in the anointing of God, this is just quick practical. Whenever you flow in the anointing of God, whenever somebody gets healed through your hands and through your ministry, always remember who gets the glory. Jesus. I don't flow in the anointing ever to draw attention to myself. I do everything in ministry to make Jesus famous. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth who said the following. He said that if I come to the end of my life, and for those of you who know, Smith Wigglesworth was, was a, a powerful man of God. He was known as the apostle of faith. He raised 12 people from the dead, had incredible miracles happen in his ministry. But he said, if I come to the end of my life and people know more about me than what they know about Jesus, I have failed. Because he said his job and his ministry was to make Jesus famous. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Our job as children of God is to lift Jesus up so that all men can be drawn to Him. 
and not draw men unto ourselves. Say amen. And the more we understand that concept, the more we give Jesus the glory, we will see the anointing increase on our lives. Now, I'm gonna ask the, the musicians to come up and just play um, for the last five to 10 minutes. I just wanna talk to you metaphorically and prophetically for a few moments um, using the scripture, but in understanding that the enemy tries everything in his power to hinder God's anointing upon your life so that you do not reach and fulfill the destiny and purpose that God has for your life. In, in Acts chapter 27 and 28, Paul came, before, was brought before, um, he was brought, brought before Agrippa and he was tried because the Jewish leaders wanted him arrested. And they had a trial and they couldn't find anything wrong with Paul. Paul is then sent on a ship with other prisoners to go to Rome and appear before Caesar. But before they set sail, Paul, the Bible says, and you can read it, I'm not gonna go through every scripture in, in chapter 27, but the Bible says Paul, the Bible says Paul perceived in his spirit, he said, to the captain of the ship that he perceives that the journey will not go well and that it will not be successful. Nevertheless, the captain said, let's set sail for Italy. And they got on the ship. And the Bible says, while they were traveling, there was a storm and the winds beat on that ship. And everybody on the ship was afraid that they were going to die. The storms came and the winds came. And then again in, in um, Acts 27 verse 22 to 26, the Apostle Paul gets up and he addresses all the men on the ship. And he says, men, listen to me very carefully, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, everyone on the ship will be okay, but the ship will not be okay. In other words, this is what, if I'm a paraphrase, he was saying, even though there's a storm, even though the winds are beating against the ship. Even though the ship is not going to make it. And even though the ship is going to sink. But you are going to make it. I don't know what ship you were on. That sank. But I'm here to tell somebody tonight. Even though the ship that you were on sank. God is telling you that you are going to be okay. You are going to make it, amen. Listen to me, some ships had to sink for you to get to your destiny. Some of you didn't even belong on that ship. And this ship can represent a very rocky relationship. See what I did there? Relationship. Some of you aren't getting it now. Yeah, relationship. So it sank, but I'm here to let you know you're gonna be okay. You're gonna make it, amen. And the Bible says, everybody on the ship made it. So what happens was, the Bible says, the, the, the current drew them out to a nearby, to the shore of an island known as Malta. Everybody say Malta. Some of the sailors were hanging onto pieces of wood while they were drawn onto the shore of Malta. Now let's read with me in 
in Acts chapter 28 from verse 3. Now, as they come out of the ship, look at this now, verse, let's read verse 3. And when Paul comes out of the water, the Bible says in verse 1 and 2 that the, the natives of the island were very um, hospitable and they made fire pits for them. Look at what it says in verse 3. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper. Can I, can, is it possible for you to switch that to the New King James for me? Is it really from the New King James? So here's Paul, here's Paul. He says, Paul comes out of the water and he wants to now get close to the fire. Everybody say fire. The Bible says, when he gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat, because of the heat, and fastened on his hand. So understand this, every one of you, before you get to Rome, and Rome in this biblical narrative, metaphorically, um, represents your destiny. Rome represents your destiny, not, not heaven. It represents the fulfillment of your assignment, the fulfillment of your purpose. Because understand this, Paul was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and Rome was the heart of where the Gentiles came from. The Jewish, uh, the, those that were not Jews, um, sinful, idol worshippers, amen. This was Paul's fulfillment of assignment. This is Rome. But before you get to Rome, you're gonna have to go through Malta. And Malta represents a place where you have made a decision in your life that you are going to start getting close to the fire. Everybody say, holy fire. You made a decision, you're going to get close to the presence of God. And we know the fire of God represents the presence of God. So you've made a decision to get close to the fire. And as you began to stack wood and you began, you, you've made a decision that you're going to start applying the Word of God into your life by stacking wood onto the fire. The Bible says, because of the heat, because of the presence of God on your life, out comes a viper and bites him on the hand. It is in the season when you are in your Malta season that the enemy will send snakes and vipers to attack and poison the purpose and destiny and suffocate the purpose and destiny that God has for your life. You just make a decision. Start serving the Lord, get into the presence of God. All of a sudden, you get attacked. Poisonous viper. And listen to me, some snakes, how many you know snakes in the Bible represents um, demon spirits? Luke 10, 19 says, I have given you power of all the power of the enemy to trample upon serpents and scorpions. But because of the heat, the viper comes, the snake comes, the enemy attacks. Why? He wants to poison your destiny. And look at this. Verse four says, so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, everybody say hand. They said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped. But he shook off the creature into the fire and he suffered no harm. However, look at verse six. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall dead. Amazing expectation, don't you think? I'm here to tell you while you are in your Malta season and while you've been attacked by the enemy, there are some people standing around waiting for you to swell up and die. 
They're just waiting. Instead of helping, they're watching. Oh, I wonder if this guy's going to make it. Oh, things are looking a little bit tough. Do you think it's, do you think it's going to make it? Do you think it's going to? I don't think he's going to make it. Look at him. But guess what? The Bible says Paul just shakes it off of his hand into the fire. I'm here to let you know that you cannot allow the snakes and the vipers that are coming out because of the presence of God upon your life to keep you in your current season. Because if you are going to get to Rome, you're going to have to get rid of those snakes and vipers. You're going to have to start shaking it off into the presence of God. Come on, tell your neighbor, shake it off. I said, tell your neighbor, shake it off. You cannot hold on to unforgiveness. You cannot hold on to whatever the enemy tried to kill you with. You're going to have to say, they betrayed me, but I'm just going to let it go and I'm going to shake it off and let it burn in the fire. Is there anybody in here that knows what I'm talking about? Is there anybody in here that's ever gotten bitten? Come on, just go shake it off. Come on, tell your neighbor, shake it off. Come on, tell them, shake it off. Shake it off. Hey, no, no Taylor Swifting here, okay? You have to make a decision. You're going to shake off those things that try to kill you. You have to make a decision that you will not die on Malta. You have to make a decision that I am going to Rome and I'm not going to let my past keep me on this Come on, tell somebody I'm going to Rome. Tell him I'm going to fulfill my destiny. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. So you have to go through Malta to get to Rome. You cannot take into your next season all the hurt, all the pain. Whatever tried to kill you, you cannot take it into the next season that God has for your life. You have to let it go. You have to shake it off in the name of Jesus. And here's the thing, some, let me, let me say this, some snakes, all snakes don't kill the same way. Vipers will bite you and the poison will almost kill you instantly. But then there's some snakes that'll come and wrap themselves around you and begin to suffocate you. Slowly but surely, I'm here to tell you what has been suffocating you. What has been trying to squeeze the life of God out of you. Make a decision that you're going to start shaking it off. Shake it off into the fire. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue. Let's continue. Look at this now. And he shakes it off. And then after this happens, they thought he was a God. Then it says, yeah, look at verse eight. It says, and it came to pass. Look at verse eight quickly. It says, and it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and density. Paul went into him and prayed and he laid his what on him? He laid his hand on him. Where did we see that word in the previous verse? The, the snake bit him under? 
And afterwards, Publius came and he laid his hand on Publius' sick father and he, the Bible says he laid his hand on him and he healed him. I'm here to let you know the very area of your life that the devil attacked is the very thing God is going to use to heal those around you. Come on, I don't think you heard me. The devil might have attacked your finances. The devil might have attacked your marriage. The devil might have attacked your business. But I'm here to let you know the very thing he attacked, God is going to use to bring healing and deliverance to everybody around you. If you believe it, shout amen. Come on, shout amen. God is about to use the very thing that they try to attack you to bring healing to people around you. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 9 says, And so, when this was done, others also who had diseases in the island came and were healed. All of them came and they were healed. And verse 10 says, Who also honoured us with many honours. They also honoured us with many ways. And when we departed, look at this now, they provided such things as were necessary. I'm here to let you know that as you go out and come out of your multi season, as you make a decision to shake off everything that tried to kill you in this current season, you will be provided for as you go into your next season. You will have full provision as you get into your next season, as you enter into and fulfill your destiny and purpose. Tell two or three people, I don't know about you, but I'm on my way to Rome. Tell them I'm on my way to Rome. My destiny will be fulfilled. My purpose will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, stand up on your feet. We're gonna pray in just a moment. Come on, give your Jesus some praise tonight. Come on, clap your hands if you know you're on your way to Rome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.